I remember the day when in college I almost hit my roommate Kyle in the mouth. Now, the day before, we had gone to one of my favorite places, a place called Buffalo Wild Wings. We got wings, and that particular night, I had some leftover wings that I had put in our fridge. Now, the next morning, uh, while I was still asleep, Kyle did the unimaginable. He went to the fridge, he opened it up, the f- wings were there, they're probably glowing, like, ah! he took them out, and he ate them as quietly as he could. Now, when I eventually woke up that day, I beelined to the fridge, and I opened it up empty. And it didn't take long for me to figure out what had happened. The man that I trusted had betrayed me. I was enraged. Now, the story ends up okay. It didn't come to fisticuffs or anything like that. We eventually went back to Buffalo Wild Wings that night. He got me some wings. We're fine. Actually, we're still good friends. And I texted Kyle and said, hey, do you remember this? And we were texting back and forth. He remembers this story very differently than I remember this story. Have you ever had any silly conflicts in your life. I mean, I've had a lot of them. I've argued about how to fold towels. That was with my wife, Abby. I've argued about how to empty the dishwasher. Also with my wife, Abby. I once argued with somebody about how to pronounce their last name. Can you believe that? I've had a lot of silly conflicts and disagreements in my life. I've also had some serious disagreements in my life too. I mean, disagreements about faith, disagreements about how to treat one another, disagreements about the way that we interact, the way that we live our lives, deep down in our bones conflict. So as people, there are times, no matter what we do, that we disagree. Maybe You're like me, and you see somebody's post on social media, on Facebook, and then you sit there, and you're kind of thinking, and maybe you start getting into the the judgment part of looking at what they've said. How could she think this? How could he believe that? And maybe it's because we don't know how to talk to one another, or maybe we don't slow down enough to actually listen, or maybe we just can't stand the thought of being wrong. But when we disagree, we just don't know how to do it. We end up destroying a relationship. We argue through those screens, through Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, and we add the hashtag, you know, hashtag sorry, not sorry. So what are we to do when we disagree. Well, there's a story in the Bible that gives me a little bit of hope. It's in the book of Acts. Now, the book of Acts is talking about the early church after Jesus. And we're in this series called The Life of Paul. So it makes sense that the story we're going to talk about today is about that guy, is about Paul. But it's also about a ministry partner and a really good friend of Paul's. And his name is Barnabas. And this is found at the end of Acts 15. And if you're reading along with the Ridge Reading Challenge, where we're reading through parts of the Bible, we read these verses this week. This is Acts 15, 36 through 41. After some time, 
Paul said to Barnabas, let's go back and visit each city where we previously preached the word of the Lord to see how the new believers are doing. Now, Paul and Barnabas were like a dynamic duo. They worked really well, side by side, leading people to believe in Jesus over and over and over again. I mean, sometimes they even took people with them, kind of added to their crime-fighting duo, and they took a guy named John Mark. And they went all over the place. I mean, they traveled together. They preached about Jesus. They got rocks thrown at them. Their lives were threatened. All sorts of crazy stories happened to Paul and Barnabas. And they shared this mission, and God used this partnership in pretty amazing ways. So Barnabas agreed and wanted to take along John Mark. But Paul disagreed strongly with that. Since John Mark had deserted them in Pamphylia and had not continued with them in their work. So Barnabas and Paul wanted to go back and visit these places that they had had worked. These ministry all-stars wanted to keep on going, but there was this problem. Barnabas wanted to bring a guy, John Mark, who'd traveled before with them. Well, it turns out John Mark kind of left him on the side of the road. And Paul was not a fan, understandably so. So Paul and Barnabas argued. And they argued a lot. This is how it's described. Their disagreement was so sharp that they separated. Have you ever had a disagreement like that where you're just yelling or you're screaming or you're cutting each other that you have to separate? And Barnabas ended up taking John Mark with him and sailed for Cyprus. But Paul, he chose another guy, Silas. And as he left, the believers entrusted him to the Lord's gracious care. Then he traveled throughout Syria and Cilicia, strengthening the churches there. What do you think that argument was like? You know, what would that argument between Paul and Barnabas be like today? I mean, it would probably be on social media for everybody to see, you know, emojis and and comments and thumbs ups and angry faces and all that type of stuff. I actually think that their argument would go something like this. Paul and Barnabas were real people. They were real friends, not even just Facebook friends. How many meals had they shared together? I mean, how many laughs? And then they disagreed. And Paul is thinking, Barnabas, are you seriously asking to bring somebody who quit on us? And Barnabas is saying, of all people, Paul, you're going to not have enough grace to forgive this guy? I mean, Paul needed to be forgiven. He needed to be given a second chance. He was really nasty to people who believed in Jesus. And if you're wondering, well, who is this John Mark guy? It's more than likely that John Mark ended up writing the book of the Bible called Mark. It's actually one of the Gospels. It's about the good news of Jesus. So he's good enough to write a book of the Bible, but he's not good enough for Paul to give him the time of day. It harms their relationship, this disagreement about John Mark, to the point that after this, Paul and Barnabas are never mentioned together again. So what do we do when we disagree? 
Well, there are a couple of things that I think that, that we can think about when it comes to disagreement. Here's the first one. Seek out truth. Oftentimes when we interact with disagreement, we act like we're the expert and the person we are arguing with is a fool. Have you ever caught yourself doing something like that? It kind of sounds like this. Clearly, Coca-Cola is the best of the colas. Any intelligent person agrees with me. Have you ever said anything like that? If I'm an expert, if you don't agree with me, you're the fool. I mean, Coke is the best, but it doesn't make you a fool. It makes you wrong, but it doesn't make you a fool. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Here's one that might hit a little closer to home, though. Have you said something like this? Have you heard something like this? Obviously, wearing a mask is the right thing to do. Someone said that to you? Have you said that to somebody? Maybe you've said this. I think we can all agree that our personal freedom is being infringed upon if you're required to wear a mask. Two completely different viewpoints. And I've heard both of those phrases. I've heard them both this week. And maybe you've said them, and maybe you stand by them. The point isn't even if they're true or not. My point is we need to be careful in a disagreement to seek out truth rather than to immediately cast somebody who disagrees with us as a fool. Here's a statement that has really helped me think about this. Here it is. What is true matters more than what I think or what I feel. What is true matters more than what I think or what I feel. And if you're like me, you know the type of person who just has never happened to be wrong before. Maybe you need to listen up. Seeking out truth means that what we think or what we feel isn't the most important thing. That challenges me. And here's why. I feel so many things that aren't true. Feelings are fickle, and they're very me-focused most of the time. I feel things all the time and think things all the time that aren't true. I mean, can you relate? I feel like COVID-19 is never going to end. I feel like sports are never going to come back. I sometimes feel like my kids are seeking to destroy me. I feel like I should be able to eat whatever I want. I feel like I should be able to feel whatever I want. I feel, I feel, I feel. But in reality, what is true matters more than what I think or than what I feel. So how do we seek out truth rather than only rely on what's in our heads or in our own hearts? We are three quick ways I think that we can seek out truth. Here's the first one. We can ask God. What does God think? What does he say is true? Seeking out truth means we seek out what God thinks first and allow that to influence and change what we feel and think. You can do this by praying. You can do this by reading the Bible. So say you have a disagreement and you think what you believe is right. Stop and ask God. 
Does the truth we kind of instinctively feel actually jive with what the Bible says? And this is so important because if we individually decide what is true, then truth is actually a pretty fuzzy target. My truth and your truth might be a little different. But when we make the truth something else, really God's truth, no, air quotes, what's really true, what God thinks, it gives us a foundation for a healthy conversation. Because just because we feel something doesn't mean it's obviously true. And in the case of Paul and Barnabas, they both had a pretty good godly argument. Paul is trying to be wise. Barnabas is trying to be gracious. So what happens if both perspectives are true? Say you're in an argument and you've asked God and you've sought out the truth. We all know that it doesn't stop there, right? So what else do you need to do to seek out truth? Here's the second thing. You need to listen. What do you do when you are arguing? Do you immediately tell the other person that they're wrong? Do you post a Facebook article that agrees with what you think? Do you ignore the argument? Do you run away? What do you do? My encouragement Listen. Listen to the other person's point of view. And maybe don't be like coming up with your rebuttal argument while you're listening to them. Really listen. Really listen to understand. What would have happened if Paul and Barnabas took the time to listen? To really seek out what the other person was saying, their perspective. Would it have solved everything? Probably not. Would it have helped? Yeah. Ask God what is true and then ask the other person what they think and listen to what they have to say. This is actually how Paul describes it. Yeah, same Paul that we're talking about. He wrote letters to churches that he had started and he wrote a letter to a church in Philippi and he wrote this letter way after this disagreement with Barnabas. This is what he says. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Thinking of others as better than yourselves, don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. I mean, when it comes to disagreements, it's really hard not to look out for only your own interest. And it's really hard to take an interest in others too. So there's one really good way that helps us do this, helps us listen, helps us seek out truth. Here's the third thing I want to mention. Acknowledge our limitations. This is what that looks like. You look in the mirror, you look right at it, and you say, Adam, I don't know everything. Well, you don't have to say Adam. Say your name. That that would be weird if you said my name. Adam, I don't know everything. When we accept that we don't know it all, or that we have things to learn, or that there are disagreements that can be opportunities for growth, That can be an amazing thing. And God can use that when we acknowledge our limitations and when we think of others as better than ourselves, others as more valuable, others as more important, that helps us seek out truth in a humble way. So when you're seeking out truth, seek out God's truth first. And then we listen. And then we acknowledge our limitations. So what else can we do when we don't agree? Here's the the second thing. 
Live out love. Now, if you're like me when it comes to disagreements, I want to be right. Even when I'm wrong, I want to be right, you know? Like I say things like, but at least just see where I'm coming from. I mean, even if I'm wrong, you see how I could have been right, right? Can we just give up our right to be right? Even when we think we're right, and our pursuit of being right is at the cost of love. This is what Romans 12, 17 through 18 says. Never pay back evil with more evil, even though that's what we want to do sometimes, right? Do things in such a way that everyone can see you're honorable. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. This can be difficult. When we disagree, sometimes we become angry or we feel misunderstood and I don't want to be honorable. I want to fight. I want to punch my roommate in the nose or I want to give the silent treatment or I want to run away. But instead, we're called out to live out love and be honorable and to live in peace. But it doesn't even stop there. This is what Paul continues. He says, Dear friends, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. For the scriptures say, I will take revenge. I will pay them back, says the Lord. Instead, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they're thirsty, give them something to drink. In doing this, you'll heap burning coals of shame on their heads. Don't, don't miss this. Here it is. Don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. Live out love. That's what this is saying. Even to our enemies, even when we're at odds, even when we're in the middle of conflict and disagreements, live out love. How? How do we do this? Well, there's, there's a statement that has really helped me as I've been thinking about this and preparing for this message today that's been challenging me when it comes to disagreements. Here it is. Agree where you can... Disagree where you can't, but don't be disagreeable. Agree where you can. Paul and Barnabas agreed to go back and visit churches. They agreed about a lot. Disagree where you can't. They disagreed about whether John Mark should go with them or not. Don't be disagreeable. And this is where the relationship often breaks down. Maybe Paul said something like, Barney, you're an idiot for wanting to take John Mark. And Barnabas replied, if I'm an idiot, you're a jerk. And there it goes. So let's really break this down kind of little bit by little bit. First part, agree where you can. Sometimes we act kind of like a superhero when we're in a disagreement. You know, the other person is the villain. You know, if you don't share my political views, you're the joker, but I'm Batman. You know, that type of thing. But that's not seeking out truth. And that's not living out love. And sometimes when we disagree, we actually forget that there are a lot of things that we agree about. Paul and Barnabas agreed about most things, even. And they'd gone through a lot together. So think about a disagreement in your life. Is it with somebody you care about? How can you tell them that you care about them? What do you agree on? Even when it's not someone you know or care about, how can you treat them the way you would want to be treated? If we communicate about love and where we agree, 
it changes the tone of a disagreement completely. Agree where you can. Here's the second part. Living out love means to disagree where you can't. Now hear me. We need to get to a place that it's okay to disagree. I mean, really and truly, it's okay not to see everything the same way. And that doesn't mean you're a good person or a bad person. It just means you disagree. And that doesn't mean you should abandon your morals. It means that the person you disagree with is loved by God just like you are. And we can treat them accordingly. Paul and Barnabas were both really good people with really good points of view. It's okay to disagree. But we have to disagree in a way that's rooted in love. So if we're agreeing where we can and disagreeing where we can't, here's the third part of that, but don't be disagreeable. We all know somebody who's disagreeable, right? And if you don't know anybody who's disagreeable, it's probably you. Now, if you don't know anyone that you disagree with, really, in your life, you're missing out. We can disagree with one another on a lot of different things. And if we're rooted in love, that's where it ends. We disagree, we learn, we grow. Here's what Ephesians 4, 31 through 32 says. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander. This is talking about hate, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. We disagree, but we're never bitter or enraged. We don't slander each other. It's not a new concept. Love defeats hate. And when it comes to disagreements, live out love. Now, when talking about how we disagree, we don't have to look too far to find examples in our culture. One significant area in our culture is how to respond to injustice in our world. And when it comes to issues like race and injustice, oftentimes we forget that there's actually a lot that we agree on. And at the Ridge, we agree that racism is unacceptable. We agree that it's sin. We agree people are made in the image of God, and we agree we are called to live out love no matter what. So where do we disagree? Often on what to do about it, on how to respond. And the challenge that I'm receiving as I've been preparing for this message is to apply what we're talking about today to how I process and how I respond to injustice. What does it look like for me to seek out truth, to ask God to listen, to acknowledge my limitations? And what does it look like for me to live out love? Now, I believe, perhaps we agree, that if you're a follower of Jesus, you're called to do these two things we're talking about. Seek out truth and live out love, no matter the disagreement, no matter the circumstance. Because God is bigger than any disagreement, and I believe he's bigger than any injustice. And if we actually believe this, we can live out love by choosing to love the other person because God loves us.
live out love. I think Paul eventually got there. Not only did he write things that we've been talking about today, but he eventually asks for John Mark to visit him in prison. Only Luke is with me, he writes. Bring John Mark with you when you come, for he will be helpful to me in my ministry. Seek out truth, live out love. I think Paul got there. I know Jesus got there. Jesus is the perfect model for correctly resolving disputes. He seeks out truth. He lives out this perfect love. He both tells people that he's the son of God and he forgives them when they kill him on the cross. He died on the cross for me and for you. That's true. He also died on the cross for the people who crucified him. Even to the point of saying, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. What an amazing example. So this week, when you disagree with somebody, when you're scrolling through Facebook, how are you going to respond? Seek out truth. Live out love. I'd like to pray for us. Heavenly Father, help us do this. In real life, in real conversations, in real disagreements, help us love people the way that you would love them, the way that you love us. It can be uncomfortable, it can be difficult, it can be humbling to seek out truth, to admit that we have limitations, to listen. Help us really and truly live out this love that you describe that you've shown us through Jesus and through the cross and how that can impact the way that we love people even today. Thank you for your love. Thank you for the way you care for us and show us what it means to love other people. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray today. Amen.